This is my instant reaction to the movies of 2021 so far. Hmm. You will have noticed by the dramatic decline in sound quality here at Binge Movies that uh, something is up. Not all is right in the world. And it's because it is currently 90 degrees inside the shop here at Akron, Ohio. Uh, the air condition situation here is... Uh, well, it's a bit sketchy. See, uh, I have to pay for everything. People think that because of our association with a certain group of dark movie overlords and a certain corporation, which may or may not be the Walt Disney Corporation for legal purposes, that we are just bankrolled by a lot of money. Um, that cannot be further... From the truth, when I lived my life in an undisclosed underground bunker, uh, I was privy to a stipend. Um, I was uh, I, I received a small stipend, uh, which of course was a very very small uh, quarter that I had to live in, uh, and would frequently uh, have to share with a very naked Pat. Pat. A lot of people don't know this about him, and I, you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, so I won't. I will just say, Pat never met a pair of pants he didn't hate. You understand? And he refused to wear shorts. Very cankily. Extreme cankle situation. And I would say to him, you know, your cankles are showing pants... No pants, you know, they show more when you're pantless. And uh, they're not showing any more in a pair of shorts. The only thing that's being covered are your genitals, which I don't really, you know, I don't want to get into that whole situation, but it was a low-key big hog sort of deal, and it was intimidating. And, uh, you know, it brought out, uh, you know, some male insecurities. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. And, you know, he'd always just sort of say the way that the uh, the shorts would sort of cut and taper right above the knee, he felt it accentuated the cankles. And uh, he also, you know, he, he, he felt that the length wasn't long enough to hide what God had given him, uh, his, his tools, uh, if you were, if you will. So... Uh, you know, what I wouldn't give right now in my life to have a naked Pat walking around, but that's neither here nor there. So the bottom line is, you know, we had a stipend, uh, certain aspects of our life were paid for, or at the very least, uh, you know, they were under the auspices of the not Walt Disney corporation. When they kicked us out a little while ago and sent us off into the world, uh, not really to, for freedom, <laughs> Uh, but to tether us, not to a bunker, but a video store in Akron, Ohio, uh, during the global pandemic, I thought at first they were trying to kill us. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, but then I realized that really what was going on here was something uh, much more profound than that, which is they're trying to give me autonomy. They really want to see me have agency. Um, they're trying to help me grow up. 
Because what other company hands you a successful franchise? It hands you a business that, quite honestly, is just a money maker, a cash cow. I didn't pay for that. I mean, I guess I paid for it in years of my life that I will never get back watching movies. But besides that, uh, I was handed this crown jewel of the empire, which is, I think, the last video store in the universe, maybe even the multiverse, and was told to operate it. But here's the thing. I have to work within the confines of the income this thing produces. And despite the fact that movies are flying off the shelf in every medium possible, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of overhead. Now, we've tried to truncate that a bit. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we've cut some corners. And uh, thankfully, due to some of the technological advancements that we have here, uh, we are able to, let's just say, gain some access to some films that, uh, you know, we, we get some movies in a 100% legal from a copyright perspective, uh, at least that's what the attorneys from the Not Walt Disney Corporation have told me. Our legal department has said that uh, IP, copyright, trademarks, all that sort of stuff, uh, those sort of things are not legally binding across time, space, and dimension. So, um, ironically, you can have a copyright in your world, but if I take your movie and bring it over here, uh, it, since it doesn't technically exist here, your copyright's worthless. So, you know, we've been able to work out some loopholes, stuff like that. And um, little known fact, that's actually where Scarlett Johansson's uh, contract was signed. It wasn't signed in this dimension. So when they moved her movie over, it didn't really matter because uh, she didn't sign one in this dimension. So, folks, I, all I could do is advise you, especially a lot of the Hollywood insiders who I know listen to this podcast, if you're dealing with a certain... Um, mouse-led conglomerate, let's just put it like that, you're going to have your lawyer have a little bit of expertise in interdimensional contract law. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, so, you know, I got to do a little uh, talky into lo-fi kind of situation. And uh, there's a lot of movies, speaking of Scarlett Johansson, that I have not talked about in this podcast this summer as we were going through VHS summer, because we had uh, more than enough content. So I'm going to burn through them real quick, and I'm going to finish by talking about a little movie I like to call Malignant. And by I like to call, I mean everybody calls, because that's the name. The first movie I want to talk about, of course, is Black Widow. It's a movie that I've seen twice, once in theaters and once in a drive-in theater. I sat, I watched it, it was fine. Um, I guess I'm okay, uh, never thinking about it again. It is not bad. It, was, it felt like somebody sold you a moon pie about a year after it expired. Is there a noticeable difference in the taste? Not necessarily, uh, but still, had you gotten it a year or two earlier, uh, you probably would have enjoyed it more. That's my review of Black Widow. Would I recommend it? I recommend it when it's free on Disney Plus if you're already paying for the subscription. Uh, doing an origin story for a character who is dead, kind of pointless. Uh, although, it gives me some ideas for season six of binge movies because I don't think we've even scratched the surface of Pat's hog. Now, 
Number two, uh, I saw a little movie called Reminiscence, which is uh, probably one of the worst movies of the year. Uh, probably it is. It's one of the worst movies, at least I've seen in 2021. It is a terrible film. It's a stupid film. It's a film that actually made me physically angry. There's a scene in which Hugh Jackman is supposed to be doing his job with the DA and the police department and is so busy cranking one out to his dead girlfriend, spoilers, that he all of a sudden just ups and leaves and the cops are like, can you focus on the stuff we've got the warrant for? He's like, just a minute. And he just keeps going and going and furiously masturbating. It doesn't exactly work out that way, but it might as well have because it makes about as much sense. Also, if you are sentenced for essentially psychic murder and you're put into a water chamber and allowed to live out your happiest moments for all eternity, is that really a punishment? On top of that, um, where does the shit and piss go? Uh, also human skin can only absorb so much water before not only do you become pruney, you experience something called sloughing. Google skin slough and, uh, call your dermatologist. Number three, saw a little movie called Shang-Chi. Marvel has finally gone full fantasy, full Dragon Ball Z. If you are a longtime watcher of the Marvel universe, including the Netflix shows, which they are hokey pokey about their existence in the canon, fingers crossed for Spider-Man, no way far, homecoming, no easy way out. Um, they play hokey pokey with the canon, but part of what went on there is you had Madame Gao, who of course is from some magical land, which is another dimension, uh, who is uh, living for eternity and past death and is resurrected and so forth and so on because they're using implements and blood and goo and shit and jism and whatever from dragons. Dragon jism is a great name for a, a punk band, by the way. Maybe I'll make a t-shirt and throw that up on uh, bingemovies.threadless.com. Very vulgar today. I think it's the heat. It's getting to my brain. Either, let's move on. Uh, so, um, uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, so anyways, dragons have been introduced in the Marvel Universe. Again, canon uh, be damned. But the culmination of one of the most disappointing television shows of all time called Defenders if you remember, happens inside the dead carcass of a dragon, which is buried under New York City. And so Daredevil, which was the Iron Man of the television universe for Marvel, or at least the Netflix universe for Marvel, introduced this concept. And a lot of the other shows picked up on it, and it was the, um, it was the plot for a group called The Hand. Now, of course, you have this other group. You have the Han, which is Japanese. You have the Ten Rings, which is Chinese and honestly global. And here, rather than having the rings be literal Ten Rings, because we've kind of already done that with Thanos, they made them into these uh, gauntlet sort of things, these ring-shaped gauntlets. And um, we get introduced to the real Mandarin. I made a prediction on Twitter that the name Mandarin will not be used at all for the character. It'll only be used one time as a joke and that character will die. All three of those things happen. I understand the uh, Orientalism, racist, uh, uh, xenophobic roots of a character like the Mandarin who was essentially a Marvel Fu Manchu sort of character. I get it. 
I get that he represents a old trope, right, of Eastern mysticism and evil, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think you should, like, there's a smarter way to sort of delve into that, right? Like, you could have, he has this whole joke, and this is spoilers, of course, where he, so if you haven't seen Shang-Chi, move fast forward a little bit, but he has a whole joke about how, you know, he was named after a chicken dish because the American who stole major parts of his identity and the name of his organization, the 10 rings, um, that you didn't know anything about their culture and so forth and so on, but it's played off as a joke. And I think that it is a much more interesting concept. Like here's like a, the note I would have given in the script, right? Which is, um, how does this guy become known as the Mandarin? He is essentially an ancient figure who discovered these rings thousands of years ago, or at least a thousand years ago, and has lived and has these supernatural powers and has spent time away from them and so forth and so on. But, you know, his is essentially artificially immortal due to this technology or magic or whatever it may be. And um, I would just think, you know, we see him leading the Ten Rings through history, conquering all these sort of armies, and uh, gaining further and further control and a foothold, you know, you could have just simply said something to the effect of that when Westerners first encountered him, he became known as the Mandarin because uh, that's the that's the language they presumed that he spoke, right? So you could have gotten to the same thing about Western ignorance, right? That the West is mostly ignorant of ancient asian chinese history uh and you know there's great dynasties and you know great eras uh, for uh, you know essentially a continent-sized nation and you could have covered all of that right like you could have gone into that it's my problem with marvel which is the ideas are there the possibility is there and instead it's a toss-off line it's a joke they don't really want the characters to kind of look like themselves. They really don't want them to be named themselves, which is really weird for Shang-Chi because it's the rest of the movie is a movie that has no problem pretty much absorbing and, and showcasing unembar un unembarrassingly the full spectrum of Kung Fu fantasy, um, Asian cinema, anime, manga, and Marvel comics. Like, there's, we're fighting dragons with magical rings and, you know, in giant CGI battles. So why not just delve a little bit further? Especially when they make certain character decisions with the Mandarin, which is by making him more of a, if not entirely sympathetic character, at least a more tragic one. So if we understand his motivations a little bit and understand his internal conflict and his temptations, couldn't you have spent more time developing him? Uh, it's just very strange. He, again, he just sort of gets short shrift. And again, spoilers, which then we, with the after credit scene, which his daughter essentially becomes the Mandarin from the comic books. And it's at that point, down to her, I like I predicted. I was at the movies with uh, my significant other, and I said, "The one of the mid credit after credit scenes is going to be the daughter on the throne in the classic Mandarin position with the army training in front of her." And that's more or less what happens. There's a more twist to it than that, but that's it. She's finally like seated like the Mandarin. And if you know the Mandarin, you know the the famous way he sits on his throne. 
and you know all this sort of shit and what is the point of that you know what i mean like if you're if you're gonna twice now you're gonna duck out on one of the most famous villains iron man's arch nemesis right like his joker his bane or whatever you want to call it his lex luthor and you're gonna do a complete comedy gag then afterwards go well actually he's a real character we'll get to him eventually and then actually get to him and be like, well, you know, he kind of is and he kind of isn't, but she'll be. It's like, why are we playing, I don't want to use the term hokey pokey again, what are we doing? Why can't someone just be the fucking Mandarin, right? If not the name, which again, I can kind of understand, the person, the personality, the motivation, the, the look, Right? I don't mind adding depth and pathos, and I'm sure there have been many runs of Iron Man that have added that to the Wenwu Mandarin character. I'm sure there have. They've done it with Doctor Doom. They've done it with all this sort of stuff. What's interesting to me, though, and this is my final note on this, is that they don't have any problem playing up Slavic stereotypes. Every one of these fucking movies you know, takes place in some undisclosed, gray brown, bland, beige, Slavic nation that's Russia adjacent or Bulgaria adjacent, some Bol former Bolshevik nation state, right? Half the time don't even tell you where the hell they are. They just make it the fuck up. And they don't have any problem doing that and blowing shit up and killing civilians and making everybody a terrorist and this, that, whatever. It's ironic to me that the only time these people suddenly grow a conscience when it comes to ethnic stereotypes is in the market where they make most of their money. Follow the money. Now all of a sudden we can't do it. And, I, and again, I'm not advocating that they do. But what I'm saying is uh, nobody has a problem with them blowing up, you know, Bucharest for the 30th time in one of these fucking movies. But suddenly we have a problem when it comes to re- reimagining in a faithful way the main main character and really making him a, a truly sadistic villain right so it's sort of like get a commitment and stick to it it's too much to ask for again a very evil corporation but um so overall i liked it i liked it it's, it's one of those ones where i don't I never, I didn't feel the impulse. I didn't love it. I didn't walk out of it feeling the impulse of like, I need to see that again immediately. That's so good. I liked it. I really liked the third act, which I think is where most people think of good as shit. But uh, this is the one case in which it was like, okay, sort of really slow mo kung fu doesn't do it for me. And I think it has to do with your initiation into action movies. The two genres I grew up with the most, other than like science fiction were action movies and horror movies. And I saw a lot of Hong Kong action growing up and a lot of Chinese cinema. And, you know, uh, this obviously owes a lot to the wire work of things like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and Hero. I saw Hero in theaters. So, you know, I grew up with that sort of stuff. If anything from Kung Fu movies to Samurai movies to John Woo films to a lot of different Asian action cinema and they've always been way far ahead of us as far as action cinema uh you know, if you love john wick then it owes a great deal to asian 
cinema. Uh, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, uh, all the way through the list. Um, and so watching those action sequences, they were good for Marvel, but they, they weren't, they weren't, they were like imitation. You know what I mean? It's sort of like the great value brand of the thing. Like I get what they're going for and it's pretty decent. Um, but it's not as good as there's nothing in these movies. that's as good as say a Jack, a Jackie Chan movie, right? For instance, um, trying to think. Uh, again, I just say Hong Kong has done it better. Um, that being said, so when they got away from that and got away from the, the, it's, it's very obvious this, a lot of this was shot in a soundstage. I could really sense and feel the limitations of the soundstage with the green screen, all that sort of stuff. I could really feel it. I could just sense that where the boundaries were. There was a lack of a depth of field. It reminded me of movies in the 80s where you had like the bad, um, where people were keyed in to the to the green screen really poorly, and you had the matte lines. That's what it reminded me of, but it's CG. It's just a lot of it looked very, very fake. It was kind of distracting, honestly. But when they cut to practical effects, like a lot of stuff they did with the bus, I thought that was very well done. So uh, it's like a mixed bag when it comes to action. So w when they went full fantasy and we're just like, fuck it, this guy's got rings and he can fly around and we're going to do dragons and soul eaters and shit. Um, that's where I really, I think the movie really took off for me. And I really wish we would have spent more time in that world that we go to in the third act of uh, Tao Lo. I really wish we would have spent more time there. If for nothing else than for Michelle Yeoh, who... Uh, is an Easter egg enough herself, but it's just an amazing actress uh, and uh, just like a delight to see. So uh, good cast. Humor didn't really work for me. Some nice little Easter eggs. We're moving towards the future. A lot of meta shit. We'll see. You know, I would give it like a B plus, light recommend, wait for it on Disney plus. Uh, Marvel's not really setting the role on fire right now, in my opinion. But, you know, they're doing, they're consistently okay to good, uh, which is fine, uh, which is fine. Well, let's see. Finally, uh, Malignant. I desperately wanted somebody to come on and talk with me about this. I will give, offer you no spoilers whatsoever other than to say I put the word out there for people to contact me if they have thoughts about Malignant. Uh, I got contacted by uh, quite a few people, and uh, I won't read any of those because uh, I've now uh, forgotten where I've put them. So I do apologize about that. But I will say this. It is one of the most batshit terrible movies I've ever seen, and it has manages to do something that I didn't think was possible, which is to make a bad movie on purpose. Now, some people would reference things like Kong Fury or Velocipaster or uh, Sharknado, those things really don't work for me at all because it's like you're knowingly making a bad movie. What James Wan is able to do with this film is he's not making a bad movie. He's making a movie that is very odd. If you look at any sort of Brava, Bava, uh, Fulci, Argento, any of those giallo or italian horror films because of the way that they were shot 
because that they were essentially trying to make Italian movies that they could also distribute within the United States. Because they would change the names of the director from Antonio Scaramucci, Bavalava, Krushenko, da da da. And they would, uh, I went into some Marvel territory there, but they, but they would then be like, John Hancock made this movie. But like, you know, you know, Joe America directed this film. And because they'd have like C, D, E list American actors the delivering their lines in English when everybody else in the cast was delivering their lines either in broken English or in Italian to then be redubbed by E-list voiceover actors via ADR. So everything feels slightly out of sync and surreal. Then on top of that goblin, like synth early eighties, weird synth prog rock scores, it gives all of those movies and then sudden burst of strange sexuality, body horror or slasher gore without the censorship of the United States. It, it, it creates this really weird. It's like somebody got a hold of Alfred Hitchcock movies, decided to turn them kind of into weird torture porn, but nothing looks real. The blood's pretty fake. It's like, it's like, you know, somebody got high Somebody got their Tom Savini and their Alfred Hitchcock and then dosed on acid and tried to make a movie in a different language, then dub it over, then give it back to America. It's a very strange experience. And it is simultaneously like off-putting and eerie, some of those movies, and also laughable. It's it's like laughing at those bad old Kung Fu movies where like everything's out of sync, right? Like the act like is it good? Is it bad? Is it somewhere in between? Is it lost in translation? What is the fuck is going on here? And a lot of people, I'm not saying that to knock it. It's just sort of the experience of Italian horror. He somehow has that in this movie, even though ostensibly everybody in it is a Westerner, combined with a James Wan movie. It's like, it's like a Conjuring or Insidious in the beginning. Then it genre flips into at times like an Italian giallo horror film slash 90s horror film slash, you know, it's like a ghost story slash slasher slash body horror giallo film all mixed up in, in one kind of uh, fucked up assembly. And I haven't stopped laughing and I haven't stopped thinking about it. It is a slow start, but when it gets going, it gets going really well. It's got some bonkers shit in it. It it with if you don't figure out within the first three four minutes that this is a movie that's intentionally arched and camp, it's almost like James Wan meets Joel Schumacher meets Sam Raimi meets uh, Bava meets Fulci meets Blumhouse. I don't like, uh, like it's just very odd. It's a very odd film and the decisions that were made are odd. And he has somehow made a movie intentionally made a movie. that's so bad. It's good. And I don't even know if bad is the right word for it. It's just so unique. It's good. And uh, so far, it's my favorite movie of the summer. I've seen some more shit. 
Uh, and we've got, you know, episodes coming out here uh, in October uh, with all kind of movies across the full spectrum. So I've been watching a lot of different stuff, uh, old and new. But I would say of the stuff I've seen in 2021, I, I, the, the thing that I've maybe enjoyed the most uh, has been Dr. Sleep, which is at least two years old, three years old. And this, Malignant. I, I like... It is not for everybody. It is pretty gory. Some of the special effects are pretty bad. It looks like a bad Canadian television show at certain times. The like the, the the dimensions of the sets don't even make sense sometimes. Like everything is so big. Like all the rooms are so big. It's at one point a character goes into a holding cell, and it's like, what are they keeping in here? Like circus bears? Why is this holding cell so large? And the lighting is weird. Like there's, there was no lighting to obscure the fact that it was like a hastily made set. And it's like, you know, the soap opera, Twin Peaks esque music stingers for some of this stuff. It's just, you're either going to hate it or you're going to start laughing out loud. I will say it, you probably will not be scared by it because there's nothing scary about it. The I caught on to what it was about halfway through because what the answer to the mystery is in the movie is something that actually is real. Nah, not to the extent that they've taken it. And, um, I had a girlfriend who had that particular condition and, uh, they kept, they made, they videoed it for case study purposes. And this is not a joke. And the remnants of the at condition were kept in a plastic bag, like a Ziploc bag, uh, inside of a drawer where the DVDs are kept. And they would watch, you could watch the video of the, of the condition. They had it on VHS. Uh, and you could, uh, they would whip out the bag and tell you the whole story. And it was uh, incredibly disgusting. So I figured it out pretty quick. I didn't figure out how they were going to perform the thing. I didn't figure out what they were going to like exactly how it was going to be. I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it was. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean. And if you don't, I'm not going to spoil it any further. It is of everything I've seen so far. It is my number one recommendation of the summer of the year. <laughs> Malignant. Go check it out. It's on HBO max. You're already paying for it. If you've got HBO max, uh, it's totally worth it. It's only going to be up there for three more weeks. Go check it out. Uh, I think it's great. And I know Paul from the countdown will hate it uh, as he hates all things that bring life and joy to the world. So, all right. Those are my instant reactions to the movies of 2021. Really this summer so far, we're going to have our final season for 2021 coming before you know it. I'm pretty excited about it. It's, it's, we're going to go older, more diverse, in some cases, weirder than we've ever gone before. Constantly pushing the envelopes and the boundaries. Uh, I would encourage you to leave us a rating review on Apple Podcast. Make sure you become a member. We're going to be doing a live members-only watch party here this fall. Become a member. Just go to bingemovies.podbean.com. It's $3.99 a month. You can cancel your time. It entitles you to all kinds of rights and benefits. We're coming up with new stuff. It's going to be for members only. I'm excited about uh, so members, be on the lookout for that. You have to be an active member uh, to reap those rewards. Uh, it helps with the show, helps us uh, upgrade and 
do the stuff that we got to do. So uh, we've also got a variety of t-shirt designs up there uh, for you at bingemovies.threadless.com. We've got a retro video store logo shirt. It's a throwback to our uh, a logo for a video store. So if you ever wanted to be an employee here at Binge Movies, we've got official employee merch. We've got a variety of Binge Elite stuff. We've got a special Halloween design. It's only going to be up until 1031. Once Halloween's over, it's gone. We've got a special uh, OG Binge Elite shirt, the very first design we ever put out. We sold a bunch of those so far. Thank you very much. Many of you have tagged me on Twitter with your photos. That's really cool. Hope you enjoy those. Uh, once this year is out, that's gone and it shall not return. Uh, so we've got some great stuff out there. If you've been thinking about it, now's the time to do it. Shipping takes a little while. Um, so you got to be patient. There's a supply chains fucked up in America. Uh, international shipping, all that goes through Threadless. We've got them in long sleeves, ringers, baseball tees, hoodies, all that sort of stuff. If you've got summer wear, if you're in a part of the world, it's you want your tank top and you're gonna need it because it's your spring or summertime, we got you covered. If it's gonna be fall, you want a zip up hoodie that says Benji Lead on it and it helps you wrap the show, we greatly appreciate it. It's a, uh, uh, it's really cool seeing stuff with uh, affiliate with the show in the wild. It's kind of a crazy thing. Uh, it's a mind trip. So uh, check us out there. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Binge Movies and get ready for the very next season of Binge Movies going to be different than anything we've ever done before it's going to be a different kind of season so uh, i hope you all enjoy it uh, as always until next time binge on <laughs>